Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We're starting a new series called I Declare War. Let me say that again. We're starting a new series called I Declare War. And the series that we're going into is, is, if you notice that, how many of you ever traveled, gotten on an airplane to go anywhere? What's one of the things you have to go through in order to get on the plane first? Security. Security. Why do you have to go through security? They want to make sure that you're not carrying anything that could be detrimental to any other passenger. Yet, you have to go through TSA in order to get on a plane, but yet we allow anything into our minds. We allow any thought, any idea. We let anyone to speak something towards us that will put us down, that will destroy us, any thought or idea. You'll drive, you'll, you'll put music on that will call women a bee, that will call them down, and then you wonder why your marriage and you're, you're treating women a certain way is because there's certain things that are being spoken into your mind, into your subconscious, into your thinking, that we're allowing any thought into our minds. And today, we have to say, I declare war. We have to to make a declaration that my mind is worth fighting for, that my family is worth fighting for, that you put up a a wall, you put up a front line that says, this is where it stops. I'm not going to allow certain thoughts to come in and to destroy my mind anymore. Turn your Bibles with me to Judges chapter 6. As you're turning there, I want you to understand that every one of us is fighting for something. Every one of us is fighting for something. We're battling for something. And over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about I declare war over areas of our life that we're going to declare war over this morning. And Judges chapter 6 is the story of Gideon. And as we pick this up here in verse 1, it says, The Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. I, I want you to see something here. Many of us are experiencing things in our lives because of our disobedience to God. And we're blaming God for our current condition when in reality it's not God's fault. It's because we've broken a principle in the word of God. So you've ended up in bondage because of your disobedience. He goes on and says, The Midianites were so cruel to the Israelites, made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, the caves, and the strongholds. Let me let you understand they were living in places they were never intended to live. The, the mountains and the, the, the strongholds were a place where they threw dead bodies, where people defecated, and where the thieves uh, hung out. You end up living in places God never intended you to live, called depression, addiction, and places like that. Whenever we begin to disobey God's principles... Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalekite, uh, Amalekite, and uh, the people of the east would attack the Israel, Israel, camping in the land and destroying their, their crops as far as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, the goats, the cattle, and the donkeys. In other words, they'd go to work all week, and when it came time to get paid, they had nothing left. How many have experienced that? You work hard, and you got more month than you have money. 
bow your heads. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor as you're seated and tell them, I declare war. Proverbs 20, 23, verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That word think is the Hebrew word to calculate. It's a counting, an accounting term. That as you calculate, as you, uh, as you estimate, as you figure out what you're worth, what your thoughts are towards you is what you become. See, I need you to understand that the children of Israel here in the book of Judges, uh, let, let me walk you through this, had a cycle that was going on in their lives. This cycle was this. They would, they would experience a time of, of goodness, of, of blessing in their lives. Then, as a result of the blessing, they'd forget about God and go into sin. Then after sin and idolatry, God would allow them to go into bondage. And after bondage, they would be in bondage so long that finally they'd get tired of it. They'd cry out to God, and God would raise up a judge to deliver them. And then all of a sudden, they'd experience blessing again. Many of us operate our lives that same way. See, some of y'all, your, your, your spiritual lives or just your lives would be a great ride at Disneyland. Because you're up and down, all around, upside down one moment, right side up the next, up one moment, down the next. You're just all over the place. Somebody say amen. You know what I'm talking about. Your emotions, man, you wake up, you're happy, and then you, you go outside and find out you're sad. Uh, there, there's always something that's going on. The, the children of Israel were in this cycle that was going on, this cycle of life. And some of us are operating in this cycle that we're like on a merry-go-round. We're not getting anywhere. We got motion, but we got no function. The children of Israel had done evil before God ended up in, bo uh, in bondage and found themselves in addiction and poverty. And they're living where they were not intended to live. And they're not getting any return for their work. And they're losing everything. And someone else is enjoying their labor. And in the midst of all these things that's going on, look, look at with me in verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash from the cloud of Ebenezer. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. Ca capture this. The winepress was a big barrel. And on the top, it had this, this corkscrew that, as you turned it, it would cause the top plate to come down. And it would squeeze the grapes, and then the juice would come out, and that's where they would get their wine from. But... In this case, because the Midianites kept coming and stealing all their grain and their food, Gideon had opened up the wine press and he crawled inside of it. And he was threshing his wheat, getting the kernels of grain in order for his family to have something to eat. He was hiding it to keep them from taking what it was that they had worked so hard to get. He was taking cover when he should have been taking over. And many of us are hiding out at a time where God needs you to rise up. And he's hiding out in this place. And all of a sudden, verse 12 says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. I, I don't know about you, but I would have to change my shorts if I'm sitting in a wine press by myself, threshing wheat, and then all of a sudden, the angel of God shows up and says, Mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. 
That would have freaked me out because the door's closed. There's no way to get in. I didn't hear the door open, and the angel just appears there and says, you're a mighty warrior. I don't feel like a mighty warrior in that moment. But I want you to see what happens. After this takes place, look at verse 13. He says, mighty warrior, to him. Verse 13, he says, sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, then why is all this happening to us? Where all the miracles our ancestors told us about, didn't they say the Lord has brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Have you ever felt like, why are these things happening to us? If God's with us, why are we broke? If God's with us, why are we addicted? If God's with us, why is my business struggling? If God is with us, why am my body sick? If God is with us, why are my kids going through this struggle? If God, if God is with us, where are you? Am I the only one that's ever felt that way? You're what, God, where are you at? Yet the thing is, Gideon doesn't understand they're in that condition because they've broken God's principles. And he's complaining to God, and he says, God, if you are with us, then why are all these things taking place? I want you to look at verse 15 now. Check this out. After God calls him a mighty warrior, look at what, what he responds to him. But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest. Everyone say weakest. In the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least. Everyone say least. In, the, in my entire family. There are two things I want you to see that Gideon was struggling with. And first of all, everyone say Gideon. Gideon's name meant mighty warrior. God wasn't calling out anything that he wasn't already. It came from a, a root word that meant hewer or someone that chopped things up or destroyer, someone that could break things up. He was a bondage breaker. He was one that brought damage to whatever he came around of. But now in the midst of this, this situation of, his, of, of Israel, instead of rising up and being a destroyer, he's taking cover. He's not living up to his name. You see, I want you to see, what do you do when your current reality doesn't match up to God's promises? Let me ask that again. What, what do you do when your current reality doesn't match up to the word of God? I know what the promise says. But I know what I'm going through right now. I know what the word says, but I know what I'm fighting through right now. I know what the promise is, but I know what I'm going through in this moment. God, if you are with us, then why are we going through this? Come on, somebody. You got, I, I need you to talk to me this morning. See, the problem wasn't God's promises. The problem was Gideon's mindset. I need you to capture something this morning. Your thinking determines your destiny. Say it again, Pastor. Your thinking determines your destiny. How you think determines your, it's your GPS. It's what sets where you're going in life. Every one of us is exactly where we wanted to be based on the thoughts that we had towards ourselves. Financially, physically, relationally, Based on our thoughts, because your thoughts set your GPS. See, I need you to understand that Gideon had a problem. 
He had a problem with his past. He asked the angel, if God is with us, and where are all the miracles that God did when he brought people out of Egypt? See, he had a problem with what God did yesterday. He had a problem with his present because of what God wasn't doing right now at a time that... The, have you ever felt like, God, you, you, just, you, you just disappeared on me? You, you just, you, I see what you did for other people. Where are you at right now? Where are you at in my situation? When my daughter was sick, I remember going to pray for other kids that were sick in the hospital, them getting healed while my daughter was still sick. How do you do that for someone else but not for me? Gideon had a problem with not just the past, but his present and what God wasn't doing right now. And then he had a problem with God's promises. Because how do you trust God and what he's going to do tomorrow when you haven't seen evidences of God move yesterday? Anyone hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking to someone. I'm trying to unlock. I'm a locksmith tonight, this morning. I'm trying to unlock some things in your life. You see, I want you to understand that your thinking right now is affected by your current condition. You, you filter the promises of God through your current condition. You filter the promises of God through your current experiences, what you've experienced in the past, and your environment, how, what, your, your, what, what it's like in the environment that you're raised in and the people that you're surrounded with, the neighborhood, the east side, the west side, the, the you know, dark skin, light skin, whatever it is, we judge ourselves. We judge our, 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 our thinking is affected by our conditions, our experiences, and our environment. So when the Lord tells them, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior, he responds, wait a minute, I'm the lowest? I'm the least and the weakest in my, in, in my group. I'm, I'm the weakest. Everyone say weakest. That word means low. It means poor, thin, helpless, depressed, or sick. It's what we call the grasshopper mentality. Anyone know what the grasshopper mentality is? Ever heard the grasshopper mentality? Children of Israel are coming into the, the land of promise, but before they go there, Moses sends out 12 spies into the land. And when they get there, they see it's the land is everything God said it was. Everything God promised was there. Follow me, folks. This is important. They get there and everything God promised was true. But when they get back... They tell everyone there, everything God said was true about the land, but we found giants in the land. And we look like grasshoppers in their sight. The grasshopper mentality was this. The promise is there. We're just too small to take it. We were grasshoppers in their sight. Now, now follow me. How do you know how you looked in their sight? You didn't look at them through their lenses. You looked at yourself through your own slavery lenses. And you came out with your own slavery mentality. You saw yourself through lack, not through promise. You saw yourself through your own struggle, not through God's blessing on your life. And so they looked at themselves. How do I know this? It's because 40 years later, the children of Israel cross over the Jordan. They get to Jericho and a, a, a prostitute named Rahab says, oh, we heard about y'all. What? We heard about you guys. 
We heard how God opened up the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. He goes, everyone's hearts have melted because you guys have come here. No, you, you, just your response tells me you're not getting this right now. Because you see yourself as a grasshopper, but the enemy sees the giant in you. So if I can get you to see yourself as a victim, I can get you to see yourself as, as not powerful enough, I can keep you from taking what God has for your life. That weakest mentality, the grasshopper mentality. He says, I am the weakest and I am the least. Out of all my family, I'm the youngest, I'm the insignificant, I'm the smallest. I don't have the experience. The weakest and the least. You know what's a trip? God doesn't argue with him. You notice while they're in the they're, they're in the wine press still, and they're talking, and the angel doesn't say, "Oh no, man, you're not the weakest, man, you're not the least, bro. Come on, man, you're a mighty warrior. Come, on. you know what? Because God doesn't breathe into our negativity. God ain't got time to deal with the negative mindset that we have at times. You see, I need you to understand what you believe determines what you become. What you believe determines who you will become in life. And many times our thoughts are messing us up, not God's promises. See, our lives move in the direction of our strongest thought. Let me say that again. Please say that again, Pastor. Our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Have you ever tried dieting? And diet focuses in on what not to eat. That's why most of them don't work. Because you can't focus in on what not to do. And many of us are trying to change our negative thinking by trying not to think about certain things. Don't think about the chocolate cake. Don't eat bread. Don't eat rice. Don't stay away from carbs. Stay away. Don't stay away from sugar. Don't do it. Don't. And the more we think about don't do it, what happens? It, be, it, become, it drives you. It's like your kids look like sugar when they come by. It just, you, Everything, just like the cartoons, the very thing that you don't want, they be, things begin to look like. Because you can't just stop a negative thought. You have to replace it with a positive one. You're not going to just wish yourself out of depression. you got to replace that depressive thought with a positive, a joyful thought. Somebody got to hear me this morning because I'm giving you a key right now to set your marriage, your family, your children, the generations after you free this morning. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. It's the things we're allowing in our heart. It's the things that we allow to get into our hearts. See, let, let me share this with you because I'm going to talk about this a bit later. I'm just going to drop this seed with you. you got to think about what you think about. 
you, you got to think about what you think about. Because the thought comes in your mind, it's okay. But it's when we dwell on that thought that it produces fruit. It's an old adage that you can't stop a bird from landing in your hair. Right, babe? <laughs> We're walking in Capitola on, on Friday, and she just screamed bloody murder. I was like, what the heck? What's going on? She goes, a bird just landed in my head. I felt the claws on my head. Right after it had just done it to Jacqueline. And so they, they were, <laughs> birds were attacking on, on, on Capitola on, on, on Friday. You, you, you can't stop a bird from trying to land in your hair, but you can keep it from building a nest. Yeah. Yeah. And many times in our lives, we look at Gideon, we think, I'm the least, I'm the weakest, and we think, oh, what a seat, though, man. It's a, this poor guy's going through all of this, and we feel bad for him. But I want you to know that shyness or lowliness is just as much a sin as pride is. Because pride on this side says, I can do it on my own. I don't need God. I can make this marriage work. I can make this family work. I can make this business work. I can make things. I don't need God to get this done. I don't need anyone. I can do this on my own. That's pride. And pride comes before the fall. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. But on the other side, you have that person that, I can't do this. I can't do it at all. I, I don't have the ability I can't make this happen. How am I going to make this? There's no way. And we totally forget the fact that God said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. See, the, the, the problem is, is both of these extremes focus in on yourself. Both of these extremes is about you, not God. It puts the pressure on yourself rather than knowing what God can do through you. Let, let, me, let me break it down to you this way. I, I'm, I'm almost done, so stay with me, okay? There's a village in Africa where they found that the people were getting sick. The kids were getting sick. They were getting diseased. And they were trying to figure out where in the heck these, these kids are getting sick from. Where is the families getting sick from? And they finally figured out it was the water. The water was tainted. The well in the village was tainted. So they began, the water had always been fine, and they, they had to figure out what was tainting the water. So they followed the water source, and when they came to the spring where this thing came out of, they found a dead pig in its piglets, stuck at the very opening of that, that well. And as they decayed, the water was flowing through them, and the kids were drinking this water from these decaying carcasses. The moment they removed the pigs from the opening, the well was healed. Dr. Miles Monroe says there's nothing more powerful than a thought. But there's nothing more important than the source of that thought. What's the source of your thoughts right now? If you have a polluted, dead carcass pig at the source of your thought pattern of your well that's feeding your mind, guess what? How do I know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about this. You had someone, you have a dead, decaying 
pig carcass in your mind right now because someone told you growing up you'll never amount to anything. Someone said that you're, you're, you're this, you're that, you got abused, you got damaged, and someone said you were damaged goods. You got these, mind, these thoughts in your mind that someone placed there that is de- dead, it's decaying, it's, begin- it's polluting everything that comes out to your mind. Everything you see is through the filter of this. I'm here to tell you, you have to remove the source of that decaying thing in your life so you can find who God created you to be. Come on, somebody say amen. Notice what he says here. I'm almost done. So worship team, if you would help me. He says this. Then the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength I'm giving you. Go in the strength I'm going to impart to you. Go in the strength that Pastor Dan's going to lay hands on you and give to you. What's it say? That you what? Go in the strength that you. After you go to church and we have a revival, they lay hands on you. Then you're going to go in the strength that you. Go in the strength that you. See, Gideon didn't understand. He's complaining about his situation, not understanding that everything he needed to survive and to get set free was already in him. I'm here to tell you what you need is in you already. What you need to heal your family, your children, your finances, your business, everything you need is already inside of you right now. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. It's already in you. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. It's already done. Before God created you, he had already established it. It's already in you. Well, if I only had what so... No, it's already in you. Gideon means mighty warrior. When he told him, mighty warrior, the Lord is with you. What I love about God is God doesn't see us in our current condition. Remember, God exists outside of time. God created time. He's not relegated to time. And so when God sees you, he doesn't see the you in progress of time. He sees the you completed. He sees the you that he intended you to be. He sees the powerful you, the strong you, the free you, the delivered you. Not the addicted, the broken, the lost, the poor, and the weak you. He sees the you he intended you to be. The problem is the enemy tries to get us to see ourselves through his lenses. The broken, the incomplete, don't deserve I don't care what your name is today, but your name right now for this sake is Gideon. Gideon, you are mighty, not sick. You are chosen, Gideon, not an addict, 
Gideon, you are victorious, not defeated. Gideon, you are blessed, not cursed. Gideon, you are chosen, set apart, anointed to make a change, to bring transformation. Gideon, God has called you for such a time as this. This is your time. I love about what God does. He, he doesn't leave Gideon in the wine press. He's trying to get a crumb. He's trying to get a little something for my family. Not honor each and every one of you that's working hard just to get your family to get by. But God never intended you to operate through crumbs. It's not God's plan for your life. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord that it may instruct him? Paul's talking here, and I, I love what he says. He goes, Who can know the mind of God? It's like it's impossible. But then he says, But we have the mind of God. You think like God. God created. You have the mind of your Father. He goes on and says this, Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word transform is metamorphosis. It's where we, it's a butterfly to a, from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Totally new creation. God wants you to stop crawling all over the place, and he wants you to start flying like you were created to fly. So I got a question for you as we close. What negative thought is dominating your life? Come on, right now. What negative thoughts dominate in your life? I can't, I can't do this. I can't. What, what negative thought is beginning to get a hold of your life? I want you to identify it right now. But number two, what scriptural truth will demolish it? If you're operating in fear, Paul told Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of sound mind, right thinking. You might have some family members that tell you, don't go to that church. They're trying to brainwash you. You're hell right I'm trying to brainwash you. got that right because some of your minds are filthy some of your brains are filthy. we got to wash your mind out we got to get you to start thinking like Christ thinks get you to think and see yourself as God sees you that you are not the, the bottom that you are not distressed that you are not destroyed that God created you to be the head and not the tail I love what he says in 2nd Corinthians we are human but we don't wage war as humans do Stay with me, folks. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, to destroy false arguments, thoughts. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. Capture, notice this last part. We capture, someone say capture. You, you got to catch those rebellious thoughts. Stop letting those thoughts run through your mind. That, that's why... I got all these thoughts running through my mind. I can't sleep. I got all these thoughts running through my mind. You got to capture them. You got to stop running through my mind. You're not allowed to be there. 
You got thoughts that aren't paying rent in your mind. And they're hanging out and they're taking up space in your mind. He says, we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. You got to get that thought that says you're not. You know what? I am made in the image of Christ. I am wonderfully and I'm fearfully made. Don't you dare. You, you can't just stop. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Negativity doesn't work. You got to replace the negative thought with the positive one, which comes from the word of God. So finally, everyone say finally, pastor. You got to change your mentalities, folks. Number one, I'll give you three things. Just, just take a picture of this if you need to. You got to think about what you're going to think about. Number two, you got to let go of the victim mentality, Gideon. Stop being a victim. And lastly, plant only good seed. Your mind is a garden. And every word that hits your mind is something that is growing inside of it. Plant only good seed this morning. I want you to stand to your feet. And as you stand, told the first service this morning this, this important principle. Throughout this week, the first thing I want you to do when you wake up, turn to Philippians 4.8. And I want you to read this scripture as you start the day. And I want this to get inside your spirit. I want this to get inside your mind. I want it to get inside your, who you are. And as you start the day, and whenever a negative thought comes up, I want you to pull this scripture back out. I'll, read it with me, okay? Read it out loud. Summing it up, friends. I say to you, do best by filling your minds, by meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. I want you to start your day off and read this scripture. Get your mind on the positive. Get your, this isn't the power of positive thinking. This isn't the glass is half empty, the glass is half full. This is the glass is overflowing. This is my cup runneth over. Let's get out of this positive thinking, negative thinking. It's not half filled or half empty. Lord, let my cup runneth over. Let my cup runneth over. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.